Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. right now hey hey jonathan hey megan hey yeah jay we are live on hf pod Uh, jonathan we have a few people who are going to join us uh, momentarily but i know that there's a there's an hf pod happening in between tour stops tomorrow do you want to talk about that real quick yeah um because Fish was rude enough to take a Sunday off, so everybody has to miss a Sunday show. Uh, we do not have a recap to do tomorrow, so we're going to do a regular episode. But because RJ, oh wait, that's you, you and Megan both have other things to do involving uh, a special event that I know, RJ, you'll tell us about here in a few minutes. Um, Brian and I are going to get together, and we, uh, we polled the public, polled the populace, and received some suggestions for uh, tomorrow's show. And we're going to be talking about a very special, very special event, the Lemon Wheel, and why it is so criminally overlooked. 
And then I, I know nice. everybody in the chat right now is like, but we love the lemon wheel. Of course you do. Then why don't you talk about it more? We're going to get into it um, tomorrow. Do you think anyone will be getting arrested? given that it's criminally overlooked, or do you think it's going to be more like civil? Uh, there civil have litigation? been referrals <laughs> to the justice department, but so far no action has been taken. They're kind of, they're kind of busy. So, I, mean, I can only do so much. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Okay. So guys, um, I just finished, I just finished my passion house espresso here. Um, you know, we love passion house. We love coffee. And now we have our own blend called ocean of Osiris. And, we were, we'll be drinking it all summer, and you can too. Go to passionhousecoffee.com to get some of this coffee and use the code Osiris for sh free shipping. Shipping on coffee is expensive, so the free shipping is actually a better deal than like, you know, getting 10% off or something. So, so support Passion House, they're fans, they're great members of the community, but, um, you know, get some coffee. And we also have this contest. For every show, we're going to be giving away bags of Ocean of Osiris coffee every time Fish plays an ocean song. So every time you hear an ocean-themed song, tag Osiris Pod and Passion House Coffee on Twitter and use the hashtag Ocean of Osiris. We're going to be giving two bags away every day, and the, the winners for Bangor are Stacy Klein and Darth Myers. Congrats. Um, awesome. Congrats. Our yeah. next show, which is a show that I'll be at and, and Megan will be at and probably millions of other people, at least thousands, um, will yeah, be the man. Millions. Probably not millions. That would be millions. I mean, that'd be would cool, be, but be, be very crowded. uncomfortable. It'd be yeah, too hot. <laughs> Super crowded. Um, and so I guess before we get into this, um, Jonathan, you mentioned our special event. Megan's coming down for this tomorrow. It's tomorrow. I can't believe it. We're doing an Osiris live show at the Ardmore Music Hall. We have Tom Hamilton, Chris Forsyth, and Daniel Donato. I'll be interviewing each of them, and then they're each going to be playing some music with our backing band, which I know Jonathan is excited about. This backing band. Andy Kush, Ryan Jewell, Ron Stabinski, and um, we're gonna we're gonna interview them. They're gonna play music, and then at the end, they will play some kind of awesome jam. Um, we did this back in December, and Mark and Aaron from the Disco Biscuits, and Anthony Kryzon and Charlie Hall from the War on Drugs, and our backing band all played the Disco Biscuits song "Home Again," which turned into this like twenty minute, just amazing jam. There were tears, and uh, so I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a special night. Um, Tonewood Brewing, one of our one of our great great sponsors. They're based here around here in, in New Jersey. They are going to be um, supporting us, and so thank you to to the Ardmore Music Hall and Tonewood. Um, go to OsirisPod.com/OsirisLive to get tickets. You should come out tomorrow and and hang with us. Um, all right, should, personally yes. very excited about both of those things. I'll be very brief, but um, the coffee that free shipping deal is is really good if you're like me and you like go through enough coffee that you buy the big bag like you're talking about a hefty thing to send in the mail mm -hmm. so that's totally a great deal and also uh you guys say hi to you know my friends playing that music i really wish i could be there tomorrow night but i made a deal that involves me going to denver instead so i feel like that was worth it good job yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna live with it was so it with you the guys devil? are gonna have an amazing time was it with the devil the, the deal <laughs> i i would never ever call my wife the that. opposite the opposite okay okay amy, the is, boss. amy is great amy is great um okay she is. we're we're gonna bring um derek and bob derek how's it going bob hello um hey guys thank you guys for joining um we're gonna talk about the show uh, of course um Bangor, Maine. Um, I, I might have said this yesterday, but I, I worked on a campaign up in, in Maine and I, I lived in Brewer, which is right across the river from Bangor for like six months. So I really know Bangor well, but it was uh, I never got to see never got to see a fish show there. So I'm excited to hear hear what you guys thought. It's 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 a little bit of a hike up there. And I think, um, Bob, why don't you tell us just a little bit first? Um, it sounds like you're in Portland, right? So you just you just had a I mean, still a hefty drive, mm -hmm. but you just had, you were in the same state at least. Yeah. Um, it's a big state, um, bigger than people think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, um, to your point, I think it's interesting that fish keeps coming back there because it's a pretty small venue and it's like, it's hard to book bands in Maine because you have to, cause you don't go through Maine to get anywhere. <laughs> so you kind of go up to Maine, then back down through Boston, through Mansfield, another five hours to get to Philly. Um, I assume it's just because they love the state and Fishman lives nearby and um, um, and they usually deliver pretty good shows here. 
What about you, Derek? Where Where are you heading? Where Where are you heading to and from? Uh, from Portland, also. So uh, I'm actually from Northern Maine, though. So uh, Bangor is a very common spot. My brother actually lives outside there. So uh, very frequent spot so uh it, you know it, like bob said it's a little bit of a haul to get up there but you know when you get to stay with family and don't have to worry about hotels or anything like that it's pretty convenient that's great yeah that's so I, nice i wonder if this is like the soft kickoff for uh fish's senatorial campaign maybe <laughs> let's hope so Oh man, that, that's got why, my vote. There you go. That's why I lived there, and I was trying. I was working for a woman who's now the the congresswoman from the first district, um, who was trying to beat Susan Collins, and this was two thousand two, and still nobody can beat Susan Collins. Maybe Fishman. Maybe <sighs> Fishman's the one. I mean, that would be something. That would be like Definitely incredible. Something. It's the frustration of the state for sure. Yeah, she would be yeah. incredibly disappointed, I think, as she always is when things happen. Um, all right, that's I'd enough for that. Doors. I'd knock doors for that, for sure. You did for Piggery? No, no, he would for Fish. Oh, you would for Fish. <laughs> okay, well, you should have in 2002, although, you know, we can't go back in time. But um, we could have used your help. Okay, we, we should talk about this show. So, um, Bob, can you tell us a little bit about the venue? Like, it's, um, I showed, like, a CAD mock-up yesterday because it seemed like they had just done some renovation what, yeah. what, what was it like and, and what how, how was it compared to your expectations um i've been there a few times before it's um, to be frank it's not my favorite venue in the world um but um it is it's the renovations are still very much underway it was very much uh, like under construction um site i i had pits pit seats but apparently people who did not had a hard time getting in there's a long line um bathroom shortage and you know it's i mean it's right next to a beautiful river like um a, like before the show a, a bald eagle flew like over shakedown like about 40 feet overhead and got big applause so it's definitely you get the main experience that way but um as venues go it's it's um not not up to what fish usually plays Derek, Derek is shaking his head for those of you listening at home Derek, <laughs> give us your uh, input here yeah uh like like Bob, I've been there a bunch of times. I've been there when it was just a stage and a field and a bunch of porta potties set up and very, very, you know, like half, you know, half-assed, haphazard type of thing. And now they're actually putting in, you know, like a foundation and to make it an actual building in there. So, but even then, like it was not, it was, you know, there was a lot of plaster and stuff like that. It's half finished, but you know, so, uh, but I mean, they've been building it for like 11 years now. So who knows if it's oh ever going to be complete. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and still a bathroom shortage. Uh, amazing. There, you know, we've been doing this other show called the live show, Brian, and I do it live three days a week. And, and, and one of the segments is called our bathroom break. And like, you know, during these Dave Matthews shows, when we would take a bathroom break and Brian often says that he can just stick it out the whole show. And I'm like, I'm like a five or six songs in max kind of person, you know, like I, I got to have good facilities around for a show. So that's kind of, that's kind of frustrating, but they, I would say that they, they brought it if, as it were last night. Um, let, let's jump into our first segment. We were doing segments, this tour vibe of the show. This is brought to you by section 119, which is your destination for nice, sophisticated, comfortable merch that allows you to Express your appreciation for for Fish and the Dead and other and other bands. Um, we're doing a campaign with them. If you go to section119.com and check out their Grateful Dead and Donut themed stuff, you can use the code SUMMER22 for 20% off. Um, so check out Section 119. But this segment is like, what do, what do you guys pick up from being there kind of on the vibe of the show that, that we couldn't have captured from the couch? It sounds like you guys already touched on a few of the things. Because um, <clears throat> it looked pretty cool on the stream. But um, what else about the vibe there? Oh, we have a, and while you guys go into that, I'm going to, I'm going to welcome a, another guest, um, who's Henry, who's going to, who's going to join in a second, but Bob, do you want to go first about kind of the vibe of the venue and show? Sure. I, I mean, I think one of the benefits of, of playing such a far flung destination is that people are pretty like hot and, and ready to go. Um, it's been my experience in Bangor just in general. Um, I was a little surprised to log on Twitter and see that people were kind of like, eh, on the show. Um, my phone was kind of like blowing up with friends who were there and, and all had a fantastic time. Um, that's kind of always the case, but it seems more so this time. 
Um, I don't know, Derek, what would you say about the vibe? Well, uh, it's funny you say that because um, my wife and I brought my uncle and one of my friends, uh, and it was their first time ever. You know, my uncle is, he's, you know, in his mid-50s, has seen tons and tons and tons of shows, but mostly like hard rock, you know, metal bands, that type of thing. And he went and he would not stop talking to me about uh, you know, how it was such a different vibe than any other concert he's ever been to. He was like, oh, this is so great. Everybody's so happy. <laughs> so That's his, awesome. his report was, you know, he loved the vibe and he would, said he would go back in a heartbeat. So That's amazing. It's funny um, because those of us who go to fish shows and things like that a lot, when we end up at a show, like a, a metal show or some other sort of norm core thing, we have the exact opposite <laughs> sensation a lot of the times, right? Mm -hmm. Norm core. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to bring on our, our third guest, Henry, um, who's here. Hey, Henry, can you hear us? Harry, you perfectly. It's been a great show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, right. man. Nice hey, to see hey. you again. How, yeah, what a where great, are you, Henry? I'm in uh, Bar Harbor, uh, Acadia National Park, having blueberries and fresh organic uh, dairy products and just uh, have already listened to that down with disease four times to get ready and <laughs> looked over uh, Scott Marks, uh, Biz Archive, who runs all the Twitter information for Fishnet and stuff. His notes, I copied them and got to talk to him after the show as we were hanging out during the night to be prepared for this night and... Uh, Wow. I mean, just two monster shows in a row. I didn't think like it was going to be better in Manchester. I mean, uh, Mansfield and it just, uh, exceeded expectations. So I'm just still feeling the buzz. Well, thank Thanks for joining us. And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, listening and watching Henry's been part of this community for a long time. He worked at Greenpeace and then co-founded the touring division of Waterwheel and has been part of this, uh, green crew and and water wheel for a really long time so thanks for all your service to the to the fish community henry we appreciate it yeah starting my uh fourth decade uh community service with uh the fish organization i'm just blessed that they've allowed me to be part of it and help represent all the great work that they do in the you know vermont lake champlain area and nationally Amazing. That's awesome yeah thank you um well let's let's jump in let's talk about set one um Maybe all three of you guys could give us a little bit of a, a, a sense for your highlight of the set, whether it's one song or a combo or, or just your, your favorite moment of the set. Um, Bob, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I think for me, the, the one highlight was um, Antelope um, at the end. Uh, it was really well played. I think for a show that starts at seven, when the whole first set's kind of in broad daylight, the first song that has like the lights in full you know, effect is always fun. Um, generally speaking, it was kind of like a mellow first set for me. Um, I really liked, I'm, I'm an Ocelot fan. I, I like the Ocelot, um, you know, uh, solo in that as well. Um, but it was, it was very different from Great Woods, I thought, where the, the first set was really just like fire and segues and big jams. Um, this one was a lot more of a traditional first set. Yeah, what about you, Henry? Well, for me, um, I did hear your story about the bald eagle. And when the music started, I was looking over at uh, Dickie Scotland on the side of the stage. And we kind of had eye contact and had a nice little second there. And then he started pointing out towards the crowd. And I thought it was a security issue as Free was starting. And a bald eagle also went across the tree line right there over the river as the music was starting towards Paige. So, like, the whole thing for uh. me just, like, went off on that moment and it it couldn't have been better. And, you know, Freeze, one of my favorite songs. I last caught it at Deer Creek and it was awesome. And it was just a really great way to start the show. Uh, the whole thing, I agree, like Man Mansfield, like was more of the monster first mm -hmm. set, but um, a little bit more of a traditional first set. Totally agree. But Antelope, which was my favorite song in 94, I thought that was their better version of it that I've heard in a long time. So that felt really good. But the whole first set was long. All the songs were jamming. We were having a great time. I was lucky enough to be second row in front of Trey. I'm sure he isn't psyched about that, but I'm like a guy down there lurking, but had a great spot with great crew <laughs> and, and great people. That's kind of how I was looking at Richard because I know he probably wasn't psyched about it, but I did it on my own. Got the uh, the lottery location, which Fish has that lottery scene now and 
that's changed up the dynamic a lot too. So I kind of bounced around among all the scenes, but it was just, it was a magical light. And I agree. Like I know Kuroto is angry because it's no uh, darkness for the first set and that's not his favorite thing. And um, it's kind of a unique situation when you get that. So a lot of things were swirling, but the band was just coming off those Massachusetts show and they're locked in. They're not, you know, in the pre 4.0 days before there were rules, it took a little while for them to warm up, but there's no more rules mm-hmm. in 4.0. They can just do whatever they want. They can take any song, put it anywhere in the set list. And it's just, it's such a great time being out there. It's that feeling when I first started where it's like, you have to go the next night. You just can't stop. Yes. That, that energy is poppable. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Derek, Derek, what about you? Derek might be frozen. Um, Jonathan, what about you? Well, um, I, I agree that like the energy the previous night started really high. I thought this night started pretty high and it just maintained like it, there was not even a real breather. If anything, the, uh, maybe the ocelot jam which bordered on being a real jam but didn't like trey was just like pushing it just a little bit outside the box but it never fully went across the lines and um i thought that was really promising and freaking beautiful music and uh set up the really excellent reba so that's kind of where i fall for my highlight is those that pairing if I could add one thing, I, I never needed you like this before. I really think it's one of their best jams right now. Mm-hmm. And whenever I look around and talk to people, people like explode. They're like, I can't believe that jam's so good. It's like, and for me from the start, that was one of my favorite songs and people get emotional. I think like, as you look back yeah. at like this recent era, people are going to talk about that as one of their best newer, like underrated songs. Great to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's perfectly yeah. of the moment, right? It just like encapsulates yeah. so much of what we were all feeling so recently. I mean, that is just a really great, well, well written song. I just, I thought the energy out the gate was really great. Like, it's free, just rocked. And I never needed you like this before, too. Just like, I felt like they have just a lot of energy. Like, the moment they set on the stage these days, it's like, it's really palpable and exciting. And I, I thought the Reba was just gorgeous. Like, it wasn't anything, you know, different or out of the ordinary, but it was just perfectly played and gorgeous. I imagine the sun was setting. It's just one of those like summer nights, like outside as the sun setting, hearing like a perfect Reba. I can't imagine anything better than that. Like, that's just, that's just perfect. And then of course they go into what is one of my favorite songs that they brought back, Axla Part 2, and just rip it up. And I feel like any show that you have an Axla Part 2 and a What's the Use, it's going to be a hot show because they're feeling it. And I thought, I thought the first set was great. And I know when you go back and like to certain areas in the country where they don't come to that often, or they're like power sources, which is the Northeast and they play Mm -hmm. a song like Reba. That is their roots where they're from. And people don't, you know, they don't haven't played in the Northeast that much in the last three, four years. Like people are really like waiting for something like that. And you just feel it so much more with the excitement going through the crowd that you can never like feel online. To your point about um, song placement, Henry, I really liked that they played um, Possum and No Men's, like, dead center in the middle of the set, as opposed to their usual, to me, it seems like they usually either start or come close to the end of a set. Um, It kind of shows that they're feeling something when they put those, like, right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, Trey used to, Mm -hmm. yeah, it does. And Trey used to do the No Man's all the time. I know, like, the Twitter universe or the online people get, a little bored of that kind of stuff. For me, it's one of my favorite songs. And I'm a fish, fish pop cheese guy. I'm a pop rock guy. I'm an (laughs) 80s generation with the kind of like repeating stuff. No Man's does it for me. I mean, I yell the lyrics. Trey's happy. He's a geeker. When he says he's like egging people to woo and stuff like that, I'm always on Trey's side. Like whatever he wants to do, I'm there. I feel his energy. I I see his smiles. And if you're up there and you see that smile and you're not having a good time, you're in the wrong spot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it. That's amazing. Is Okay. So there's a, there's no, no talking during Reba. That's what Aaron Lockwood said on the comment. And that, that is true. It should be no talking ever at shows, but especially during Reba. That, that's, that's yes. <laughs> disgraceful. Derek, let's um, hear about your uh, first set uh, highlight. 
yeah, sorry about that. My, uh, we must have hit a dead spot or something. Like I said, my uh, very loving and patient wife is currently driving us home right now. So, uh, but Reba was definitely first at highlight. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs to see at a show, anyways. And last night was really, really gorgeous. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, hearing Axilla and seeing my uncle playing air guitar to it, I was like. Yes, this is perfect. This is exactly what we need. Yes, so, um, that's you know, awesome. The the improv, I really like the improv in Mansfield the last couple nights, but uh, last night was just like a straightforward, you know, we're going to play all these songs and they're going to be really well played and they're going to be sequenced in a nice way. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's almost always Reba for me, you know, hearing that, so... Reba and an antelope in the in the first set is so that was like a ten and a half minute antelope. I think it was pretty. It was pretty. It was it was good. Um, is antelope back? Can we is antelope back yet, or does it still have a little ways to go before we can declare it back? Have they well, jammed into Have Mercy in the middle of it yet? I mean, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just like certain songs of certain eras that they can never quite get that level of where they were, and that's totally fine. They can just mm -hmm. do a monster antelope that will just never be like where it was at one point where it was like everything was just let out there and it was just, you know, things to remember. But I, I think that was one of their best ones in a long time. And if they can keep on playing with it, but it, it, he has so much things that he can do and he can do anything at any time. It just doesn't yeah. seem like that yeah. will be his focus. And he has all these <clears throat> new things that are just exploding, that that's where the energy's at. And we just go where his energy goes. And it's yeah, so true it's because a, there's so many things that he can do now that he couldn't do back then. Like he could never play a lonely trip the way that he does now. You know, I think that like he's singing ballads in such a meaningful way and with so much heart and earnestness that I feel like, yeah, I agree. You've got to kind of be where fish is to really enjoy it. Um, all right. So we're going to, there, there's some stuff that happened in the second set based on what I'm told. So I, I think we should, we should talk about that. Um, does anyone else Just have anything stuff. to add on, on set one before we before we hop to it? All, All right. right, let's see. Let's we, we, let's talk about set break. We yeah, we do break. have to take we have to take a set break, and we Jonathan and Megan and I. I don't know about our guests. I don't want to speak for them, but we are all gonna during set break. We're gonna sit in our seats and we're gonna. We're gonna smoke some Sunset Lake CBD and just kind of take it easy. Um, Jonathan, do you do you want to tell us about your your Sunset Lake CBD uh, experience? I, I think I can do that. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products for the old deadhead. Hi. Or young fish fan searching for a mellow body high. That's me. <laughs> Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis without the paranoid or anxious side effects. Uh, with nine different strains from this year's harvest, there is something for everyone. Uh, the Hawaiian Haze is awesome for an outdoor show. Cherry Abacus is best for the end of the night. And all of the flower is grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. Even better, their Sunset Lake CBD's farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flower by shipping directly from their farm to your door. Um, honestly, it is when I want to enjoy a little bit of a, you know, get, get the vibe but I, I, I really need to be present and aware and active or and not spaced out. It's kind of the perfect thing. It also really satisfies that love of smoking a joint, frankly. Um, <laughs> that I, I, and, and so they're, they're beautifully rolled, and they ship really fast. Really enjoy uh, dealing with them. And you can check them out today at www.sunsetlakecbd.com. You can use our coupon code HFPOD for 20% off all products. That's Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Yes. I want to take that. issue with Jordan Sheldon's point about not a lot of young fish fans anymore. I have friends who took their kids. Bob took his kid not just the other night. You know, they, uh, And then there are kids who are self-selecting fish and showing up. And uh, I, th I think they're, the, there's a little turnover. Some of us oldies are retiring, and new kids coming to take our tickets. So, <laughs> I did see. I, I went to see. You can go ahead. No, I've also like buried a lot of these younger kids that have come on, <laughs> tried really hard. Yes, they've they've had injuries. I'm going to health food stores. I'm having kale salads and organic smoothies, and I'm. Yeah, I feel great. I feel like just like Trey, I'm peaking, 
and he's coming up with so much new stuff and i love the new music and i i've never been like happier and things have like changed dramatically too when you're talking about cbd i mean people told me to stop on the way to the show and they go into this place and they just buy things to use as a show and in the old days i was just ready to swallow stuff because i was afraid i was gonna get pulled over so the mindset's different you're coming in with a big smile you cross the street, the sound checks there, it's blasting through the town. People are just huffing. I mean, 4.0 is just peaking on a lot of levels. And I really appreciate <laughs> uh, those guys that stoked me out at Section 119 with my Grateful Dead hoodie before the show. And I was just feeling crisp and happy. And I just want to thank them publicly for making me look so good at these shows. The yeah, I, I think I got one of their hoodies. I think about five new dispensaries opened in Maine in the time it took you to say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's really weird. laughs> so true. Um, Henry, you you mentioned that you were uh, you were looking at at Scott Marks's notes and doing some prep, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But why don't you no, do, do you mind kicking us off on the on the second set and the down with disease? Yeah, can or you still maybe see me? And, we can't not see you, okay, but we yeah. can hear you. Yeah, because when I go to his notes, I guess it takes me off video. It's, it's all so good. I'm it's just looking good. at a quick, quick peek. And uh, Sigma Oasis, for me, during COVID, was the peak song. And the album, oh, I was landscaping every day at my house and listening to the album on repeat. So, like, You're Already There is my, like, anthem in a way. And um, I love that stuff. And mm-hmm. I can't get enough. I know people, again, on the Twitterverse were, like, teasing about it. But I can't get enough of that kind of new stuff and the whole mass controversy and the politics and like, should he be singing it? I'm like, sing it loud. Yeah. <laughs> Sigma Oasis is just one of my favorite openers and it just totally got me in the mood. And Scott was sitting next to me the whole time. So I'm peeking over his notes and seeing how long the song is. And I don't know if it was like 10 plus minutes or something. And then they went into my jam of the tour, one of their all time greatest jams, this down with disease and it was real rock and roll. My neck still hurts, head banging the whole time. When Fish plays rock and roll, we're ready for the next show. We're ready for the tour. And it just blasts off. And that Down With Disease is going to go down all time as one of their best 4.0 jams. I'm just so blessed to be there and actually see it live. That's that's a great way to kick this. I mean, it's it really incredible. Um, Bob, what what... Why don't you pick it up and, and let us know some some of your thoughts on this? Sure. I mean, I'll say a lot of focus is going to be on Down With Disease, but I just thought the whole second set in Encore was just top, top notch. I think um, really what you hope for with a show, when you go to see a show is that it has its own really individual character and personality. And to me, that that whole second set just had like such strong personality. Um Obviously, the, the down with disease is is the best part. We'll probably talk a lot more about that. But like that inspired them, I think, to play really one of their tightest fluff heads in a long time. Just like yeah. the composed part of it sounded like 1993, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how we dialed back the clock there. Um, and just coming back to the twist and kind of bookending the Sigma Oasis was just it was just like a novel start to finish. Totally. Yeah, that's a good. That's when they came it. back into Sigma Oasis, oh. I was I, oh, I I got up off my sofa, rise up off your sofa, people, and celebrate. <laughs> um, oh yeah, just completely just spread the gospel. Of blown fish. away. Uh, it just I love so how you guys right. say that with the hands up with the gospel. That was exactly what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. looked yes. up. I, my eyes are closed ninety percent of the time at fish shows. Like I, I feel bad because I'm friends with Chris Perota. And he'll ask me, like, hey, how was the show? And I always nod and be like, oh, yeah, you're great, man. But, like, I've never seen his life. <laughs> <Same. laughs> so it's kind of like a tease. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hands are up. It's it's the church of fish. I mean, wow. I mean, the twist, I was spinning for half that. I mean, going back, like you said, in the Sigma, like, all the, when he does that kind mm. of stuff, they're just so locked in. They're just so yeah. happy. The smile's so big. He's back in the Northeast. This is the homeland. Friends and family. The peak of the fish. I mean, ah, that's why I raced out here and flew across the country just to be part of it. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, The so this down disease. I mean, thirty minutes. And we talked yesterday with our guests about Mansfield Night too about like you know the 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 jam 
the jam length, you know, like, is that, is that what we chase? And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're all there for the 30 minute jams, but when they happen, it's pretty fucking great. You know, I mean, I'm not, it's a not good way there to... for 30 minute jams. Yeah. Just, right. you know, I don't go in <laughs> expecting them. But, but that whole set, there's no all in terms of the fishnet set list. It's all segues. There's no there's no breaks at all. And I, that, that was a good point, Bob, about the the twist. I kind of forgot about the twist, but mm -hmm. um, that you know kind of helped solidify that whole thing together. Megan, what was your what are your thoughts on that on that jam? So I wrote down it was a soaring, symphonic, triumphant rock and roll journey, and it was further perfected by the absolutely delicate. What's the use after? Like, it just, this is what you want when fish takes you somewhere. You want to go to places that you've never been and hear things you've never heard. And I just felt like this jam has, like, all of that. It's got, like, the synths. It's got, like, the organ swells. It's just, it's got the rock and roll, like you were saying, Henry. Like, it's just, it's got it all. And I thought it was awesome. And I just want to say for the record that Jonathan... You were watching the pod yesterday because you couldn't be on, and you wrote in the chat after we ended that they were going to play Down With Disease last night. And I, I said did. to RJ offline, I was like, you know Jonathan called Down With Disease, and you know he's going to be fucking right. And look at that. You nailed it. So just saying, Jonathan's got the calls. But um, yeah, I just felt, I was listening back this morning. I couldn't watch the live stream. And I just felt like so grateful. I was actually like tearing up during What's the Use? Because... We're just so lucky that we have found this music that and this community, you know, that just brings us so much joy and we can find all these moments of just like elation and bliss and peace. And um, it was just, I thought it was really special and I'm so glad so many people got to be there for it. Yeah. Your eloquence on explaining it is exactly how I felt. So thank you for saying that. Um, it's exactly Thanks. what was happening like live. And I have a friend, Casey, and she's been seeing fish since I've been seeing them in the early days. And she's from Vermont and like the real deal. And what I really like about fish, those like local Vermont people are the people that moved to Vermont right when the band started and had families have now been there for like three decades and they still pop in for shows. They're not doing tour like everyone. They have kids and jobs and families. And now the kids have kids. It's like a whole nother mindset. But towards the end of the down with disease, when it really started peaking old school rock and roll, she looked at me, turned around second row center and goes, is this the Rolling Stones? I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. Yeah. And she never talks at a show. I mean, you're not supposed to talk. I don't talk. None of us up front talk. We're just like grooving and dancing really hard. Maybe we have a little bit too much space. I know that's controversy, but we like the space and we like to dance hard. We like to spin where they're like, because we're just fully focused on what they're doing up there like most people, but when she was feeling it and like the old school Vermont was feeling it and it was rock and roll that you've never heard before, which is the best part of fish where they're just like, okay, we're going to jam and you've never heard this type jam. I mean, it's, it's just Ugh. an explosion. Best. Uh, I saw, I saw like a, my friend sent me like a, I don't know, 30 or 45 second clip of, of Trey soloing during down with disease. I'm, I can't, I don't know exactly what like segment it was from, but man, like for, for all this stuff online about Trey, like losing a step guitar wise. I mean, there were like points where I was like, he's playing so fast and so well, it's like, it, it's not that far off from like, from the old days. I, I thought it was, um, and that, that whole jam was like 30 minutes of just, Fishman driving it and it like never it never slowed down it didn't get like spacey i mean it was just like a really long rock jam which is just incredible um and amazing. thanks for bringing thanks for bringing fishman up because he was the peak of that on like the last third and he was hitting harder than i've ever seen him hit at least in the last like i don't know like four or five years i mean he was two hands hammering hammering and uh i don't know if just hanging out with billy kreitzman recently like fired him up but he was going off and this whole like year, I think he's just been playing so well. And uh, it's really exciting to see him, how happy he is and the smiles and how hard he's playing and how they're all bringing it. And I grew up with Michael Jordan and we had season tickets for his whole career. And I was seeing uh, Jerry and Trey and Michael all at the same time there in the nineties. And you heard all those complaints about Jerry getting old and Jordan getting old. And now I'm hearing it again with Trey getting old. And sure, they don't have like the 100-mile fastball, but if you got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and a curveball that moves like two feet, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and 
And, uh, I totally agree with how you see that. I mean, what do they want from this guy? I mean, all what he does it? is play nine have hours to do? a day. And are, I think, are you not like, entertained? What does he have to do? Are you not entertained? I think part of it, the perception of his his declining skills is that he has a repertoire of like 300, 400 songs now. <laughs> yeah. And like can't remember the middle to a mockingbird anymore. Every single <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Like, um, but, and he prefers slower tempos, I guess, now too. But uh, yeah, that, um, like, like you said, the best part of the, of the disease is just that the relentless, just up tempo fireball energy, which um, even in some of the longer jams of last year that were very good. Um, didn't really have that. And Fishman yeah, I just, agree with that. Uh, it, my complaint about the two nights in Mansfield was definitely not Trey's playing. Um, it was more so, you know, letting them let the songs breathe a little more rather than instantly trying to transition into something else. But like in like the plasma from the first night and there were a few other songs, he was really, really playing rapid fire and it was really, really great. But uh, to, to marry the, the playing, you know, from the first two nights with finally a real nice long jam uh, last night, it was outstanding. That part's about 17 or so minutes in, I think, because we re-listened this morning uh, when they go into the it seems like, like things are going to be done with and they go into like the funk part and then it just takes off again from there. That was, I was like pumping my fist in, in the car. Just I thought they were going to segue into Ruby Waves a couple times, even though they just played it the other night. It sounded like, like that to me, but I, yeah, it's so nice. That they and just that, push, push through that impulse. And that's where they, that's where they get you. And that's as good as they get <laughs> where you're just at that mark and you're like, okay, are they going to, ripcorded and that was a great song and go to the next thing or are they going to just go one more level and then another level and then it become a legendary thing and again you never know if that's going to happen and that's why we all have FOMO and that's why we all want to go every night and that's why like <laughs> air, air, airline miles and costs start going up as it gets closer because we all just want to go it's the feelings there and then they do something like that just like the Baker's Dozen after show three four and five where they're blocking the back of it and then all of a sudden Tickets are going for $800. I mean, I don't know why people keep on questioning and keep on thinking, like, is it going to happen? I mean, when are people going to learn? This is fish. It happens. Yeah, it was um, credit to the Live Fish video producers because they went to Fishman a lot during that jam, and they were on him at exactly the right moment. That point, I think that Derek was talking about where it came down really quiet. Fish is just like tap, 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 and then right it, it perfectly in sync with Trey double timing he you know steps it up and they're back at the races and that last third of the thing was an absolute sprint it was like breathless like i i have seen antelopes that were laid back compared to this this was an absolute like just guns blazing i don't know whatever metaphor you want to use i think i sent a uh, a rocket lifting off in our t Twitter text, oh, yeah. uh, thread. You said because more it like was up with disease, like right? We, yeah, there was, that was uh, a great yeah, tweet good. from uh, Rick Silver. Credit to Rick. Awesome. All right, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was out. Just amazing. Uh, like they had played a great down with disease, and then but um, boom for another third. You know, another ten more minutes of yeah. great intense down with disease. Longest um, one ever, right? Uh, thereabouts. So uh, se second longest. longest. Second. Longest. Yeah. And, it's uh, in the top ten long jams. Mm -hmm. And Trey Kerr and his video crew—they're the best. I mean, Trey yeah. Kerr started at uh, the Water Wheel table like twenty years ago. Yeah. And uh, no another thing, Water Wheel gave to the scene. And the fish <laughs> security, John Langenstein, grabbed him on the lot, and you know he was having some problems back then, and. You know, Fish totally saved him and Trey saved him and Trey and Trey have had a lot of conversations and recovery and all the good things that the band does, mm -hmm. like outside the music. And now he's like killing it in the video scene and making the band look so good. And it's amazing how like the lot scene comes into the band scene, comes back. We're all part of it now. And the community just keeps on growing and getting stronger. Yeah. In fact, I I'll add to my comments about the production and say they are giving us some of the front of house shots a little bit more than a couple years ago. So everybody who is 
wondering what the lights look like. We're actually seeing it a little bit more often, <laughs> which is great because uh, like you, Henry, when I'm at a show, I don't see the lights. No, me neither. Uh, and I, I, love, gotta... I love Chris if he watches this. Chris, you're still my favorite. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. <laughs> he is amazing. <laughs> no question. Everyone tells me. Everyone tells me. Do you guys think, um, so I, I got to go, I, I'm just, I'm going to bring this up even though maybe I shouldn't, but I got to see the Trey play with Goose and, and at Radio City. And then of course, a few days later, he played with Billy Strings. And I, I'm, I, I haven't gotten any confirmation or, or, or feedback at all on this, but like, I just wonder if he was feeling a little bit of inspiration from some of these younger musicians who are really like pushing the envelope in terms of guitar playing like those guys in, in completely opposite ways but it does seem like uh he maybe came away from those all those kind of his like sit-in tour um you know and having Solis also like I don't know it just seems like he's he's inspired but maybe he was inspired the whole time and and you know people are just recognizing it now what do you guys think well I think yeah, like I, having younger acts like that coming up in Talk, telling you, you know, how much that you inspired them. And now they're achieving these things, you know, Billy and, and Goose have both been on a run for like, you know, the past two years, basically, and they're still getting bigger and bigger. And to have Trey come out it, it, in general is a cool acknowledgement, but for them to then turn around and be like, you know, we're, you're the one that's inspired us and how we've sort of got to where we are now, at least in part. So I think that's probably going to do well for your ego and be like, okay, well, you know, I still am the man. I still am on top of the mountain. So let's go. And I, I think it's really interesting. And I appreciate you bringing it up because why not bring up the elephant in the room? But those are the <laughs> two main bands and people that are kind of like taking over the scene. I mean, obviously dead and co like is the biggest and will always be the biggest. And that's just its own story. But you know, Goose and Billy. That's all anything the kids talk about. That's where people are going nowadays. That's the next great thing. And I know there's been other bands that have tried to fill that spot, but there's no band that I've been following for the last 30 years that's getting the talk of these two bands. Social media plays a big part, but whatever. People find out about them. People are excited. They're growing exponentially. And Trey coming in with those people this time, I mean, there's a reason. It's all just part of the whole thing. And I don't know him well enough to say like, how it fired him up or whatever, or what he's learning from them or what he takes from it. But it just keeps on rolling and he keeps on rolling. And it's just exciting to see it all happen and manifest. And we'll, we'll see what influence it does on him. Bob, Bob, what's your, what are your thoughts or Jonathan, go ahead. But I want to hear, I want to hear if what's anyone has problem? any other thing to add. I'm, I think probably you don't get to be as successful and renowned as he is without having a little competitive edge and spirit to yourself. And it's possible. Yeah. That it's the flattery is one thing, but maybe he's just like, uh, I still got the torch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, he's always keeping up with, with new music. I wish he'd play more new covers or covers of recent music, but, um, but he's always keeping up with it. And I think probably there is a little bit of um, just flexing. Yeah, I mean, I love I, the, the torch thing. So funny. I especially liked when Billy posted the picture of himself and Fishman. He wrote hashtag no torch. Um, yeah, that's from Benji. Oh, that's got funny. the photo. Yeah, for that. We'll, we'll credit Benji, Benji for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't. I think that Trey is probably inspired by these guys. We know he's a fan of Goose. Like, let's like call that out. Like he has said that he, and we've heard that he listens to goose and i i think that he probably is a little bit turned on and excited by what they're doing but at the same time kind of like bob says you know he's uh not not competitive i mean it's friendly sure but uh he is you know wants to flex he still feels clearly feels like he's got something to do out there on the stage and he's doing it and uh and cool <laughs> whatever yeah, whatever fires him up i'll take it also, also, he recently, in some interviews last year, he said he kind of like took a little bit of time off of practicing guitar to really hone in his vocals and work on his singing mm -hmm. and work on his, his voice as his primary instrument to some extent. And maybe he has turned back to the guitar and really dialed in on that again. Just a theory. Yeah, yeah my, my theory is that 
tray is comes off as all love and light and meditation and all the kale and that kind of stuff. But inside he's still like this hockey guy and he's tough and he's East coast and he's ready to just like shred and dominate. And yeah. And that's the energy I feel. And there was a great meme going around recently, just like, you know, like, please stop sending me all these things from these third chair jam bands when the greatest thing in the world's happening right now. And then how his daughter like does the picture with the torch and him laughing and he's that just kind of like making fun of the scene. I mean, I think he's having the best time of his life. I think his daughters oh, are great totally. how they like tie him in to what's actually going out in the scene. And just when he was talking about the egg in the, the woo and just saying like, I know half of you don't like it. I know half of yeah. you don't like the slow maze. I don't care. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Come to our shows right. or not because it's a great time. Yeah, I do think it's great that uh, the daughters are cluing him into what's going on because there was a time, uh, you know, when the band was more connected to the scene. But Trey, mm-hmm. you know, really can't do that. And I think that's sensible to stay out of the fray. Uh, but somebody can report back to him and keep him in the loop. And that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in the old in the old days, the only way they would know is to like stop by the water wheel table and page or the Greenpeace table and people would make pins of the band. And Paige would come by and say, like, what do the pins look like? Can I get some of the merch of me? And, you know, Paige would always donate and get some merch of him. But, yeah, other than some of their friends, like, telling them what's going on, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's all right there. And he is just like, oh, it's such a fun time. I love 4.0. I can't tell you, like, what a great time. I agree. It's so fun. That's that's amazing. And thank you for all that input. Um, well, I think we, we, we're going to let you guys go because you guys, well, Henry needs to get back to eating organic blueberries and Derek's driving and Bob probably has things to do also, I would assume. So we're, we're going to the beach. Okay, going to the Ooh, beach. Look at that. That's, that's nice. a, that's a Can't great. say how jealous I am of Henry being in uh, Acadia right now. Oh, uh, that is one of my favorite yes. places in the world. So, so beautiful. It, yeah, so it's going to be a great, before, great day. Before we go, I want to just say, because we have we have two days off, which is just, I was very confused yesterday that there mm-hmm. wasn't a Sunday show, but um, two days off and then they come here to Philly. And, and like I said at the beginning, we're doing our show at the Ardmore Music Hall tomorrow night with Tom Hamilton and Daniel Donato and Chris Forsyth. Anyone who's going to be in town, come check them out. We're going to interview them. They're going to play music and they're going to jam. It's going to be a lot of fun. But um, Tuesday, they come to the man. And I don't know, I'm just curious, do you guys, anyone have any, uh, anything, expectations or, or predictions or just what, what you guys think is going to happen um, when Fish comes to the man or, or what, what the rest of the tour has in store for us? Well, I hope they save Mull for Hartford because that's the next show that we do. And uh, my wife and I both love that song. One of my favorite Mike songs in quite a while. So we're hoping that they, they don't play it this week and save it for Hartford. So... Henry, what do you got? Well, you know, I'm going to have a great day today in Maine, just enjoying all the beauty of up here. And it's like the best time of the year to be here. And like, I'm so psyched that they're just giving me this opportunity right now to bring me back to the motherland and just enjoy like the most beautiful place in the country this time of the year with clear blue skies and occasional cloud cover, perfect weather, no humidity. So I'm super excited. I know they're already down there and they're all excited. And I got a long drive to go down there and I'm actually interviewing uh, one of the people in the band tomorrow night in Philly about the environmental work I'm doing with World System Solutions. We're protecting the environment and have a new paradigm to saving the planet. So please check out World System Solutions if you you get a chance. And uh, the man's the hardest ticket of the tour. The kids are fired up. I thought Bethel was going to be the hardest, but it feels like it's man. People are like, you know, the energy in Philadelphia, the East Coast hardcore they're really, really, really going to want to bring it. That hockey energy is there. The kids are waiting for him. The two days off just builds up the intensity. I think they're just going to come out and just really start slaying. So I'm really excited to make my way down there and then bump over to, to Bethel for like the old school Woodstock vibes with the, the Grateful Dead hippies from the 60s and anyone still around. It's it's really like some tours are really hard how they bounce around and, you know, that doesn't quite work because they have to do it just how the venues do it or the promoters. This, I think, lays out perfectly, and I'm super excited I jumped on it. Awesome. What about you, Bob? Um, I'm not doing as 
interesting or important work as Henry. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to chill. I'm just going to chill. Um, but that's amazing stuff that you're doing. Um, for man, I, someone posted in the chat, they were wondering about repeats. I think that was kind of a question that was on my mind as well. I, I assume they will just because it's such a long tour. Um, and I assume there's going to be a monster tweezer somewhere in there. Um, and uh, like Derek, I'm going to be at Hartford. So I hope they save some of the stuff I, I personally like to see. Awesome. Yeah, I think the uh, the tweezer is up and you enjoy myself. The question is, will they be on the same night or different nights? Mm -hmm. Good questions yeah, to have I, when I you're think, on tour. Yeah, yeah. I think repeats are on the problems. table, absolutely. And I need the cross side. I keep on, I keep on missing the cross Ooh. side. It's my favorite song in the last like five, six years. So uh, I'm praying. I always do a little prayer happen. for Dark Star and Cross Side, just going back and forth into it. Cross Side, Dark Star, Cross Side. It's been 30 years. I can wait a little Raleigh. longer, but it's time. We'll do it's it. Raleigh. It's Raleigh, the sleeper show. Yeah, I actually oh, started this week. Well, I saw the fish a couple times, but I started this week with Phil Lesh and friends. They did an incredible Dark Star here in Portland, um, which was a really good omen for the week and Sweet. for the tour. For That's me. awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, I, I really just appreciate you guys. Oh, go ahead, Jonathan. No, no. Okay. You got it. I want to say th thank you to Bob and Henry and Derek. Thank you guys for joining us. This is a lot of fun. We were like, shit, we're going to have six or seven people. It's going to be uh, a lot to manage, but it actually, it was, it was perfect. And you guys all added so much. So thank you guys all for, uh, for thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you guys so much. Thanks Hope to meet you all in person me. soon. Thanks, everyone. Um, and it, for everyone listening, watching, we are going to be back um wednesday right that, that'll be when we're back because there's a tuesday uh, night show we'll be back oh, for no, this on we, wednesday but yes, we are but doing a show on monday yeah. and you're gonna be, be talking, talking about a, a criminal a criminal matter a criminal matter <laughs> yes uh we will be holding hearings in reference to the possibly criminal uh underratedness overlooking of lemon wheel uh, someone in the chat mentioned that uh, Festival 8 is quite uh, overlooked, and, you know, that's true, but that's a different different hearing. We'll, we'll have to cover that on another day. Mm. We might have to do that. Um, okay, so I think that's everything, and, and we really appreciate everyone out there listening and, and watching and subscribing and, you know, all that. So thank you guys for, for helping us out and supporting us and hanging with us, and um, Dave, David, from section 119 save the cross side for pine knob um i don't hey, know david. There, there, hey david there's a lot of there's a lot of it's just a lot of debate about cross side at this point i can't even i can't even do it we're just going to leave it there you know we'll do it we'll do an episode on, I love on it. cross side and saving it for pine knob exactly all right thank you guys for watching we'll see you all soon and uh, thanks for listening Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. 
Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!